Hey everybody, you're listening to your Mother's Mother podcast, the only podcast in the known universe that goes all across the nation and talks to your mother's mother. Today's mother's Judy out of the Social at Savannah. The Social at Savannah is a Thrive Senior Living community in Savannah, Georgia, and they have independent living where Judy lives. They also have assisted living and memory care. For information about Thrive Senior Living, visit www.thrivesl.com. This episode is wild. It's so wild. Um, so many rich stories, some things maybe PG-13. I have to say, any thoughts or opinions that I or Judy share in this podcast do not represent the thoughts or opinions of Thrive Senior Living. It's some kind of a beef with mushrooms, and it was very good, but I loved the dessert. It was bread pudding. That was really good dessert. Yeah. Nothing like a nice cement mixer for lunch to make you want to go into a coma for a few hours. So here with Judy, and Judy, your name's on the front of your door, and uh, I wasn't sure, how, how do you say your last name? It's Maltenfort. My husband pronounced it Maltenfort, and I pronounced it Maltenfort. So take your pick. I was engaged to someone. I was in real estate at the time, very beautiful, expensive buildings in New York City. Guy came in, he was just back from Vietnam, he was with ABC, and he asked to see the apartments. I told him to go and look at them, and he came to my desk and he said, I don't like anything, but I'm going to marry you. After he left, uh, the woman who did our credit checks for us called, and she said, uh, so what did you do today? Was it a nice day? And I said, yeah, I had an idiot and told me he was going to marry me. Uh, the next Sunday, because you work in real estate on Sundays, he call, she called and she said, uh, what did you do last night? Because I was very much the New York career girl. And she said, uh, what did you do? And I said, I married the idiot. And I was married to that idiot for 50 years. 54 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what year were, did you get married? 1964. In New York City? In New York City. Uh, he was covering uh, something at the time, I think, with the Beatles. Lee uh, was a news writer and also uh, he, he was on the news. When he was in Vietnam, he uh, had the uh, Air Pulse newspaper in the Air Force, and he also had his own radio show. And the guy that came after him was the guy who said, good morning, Vietnam. That's amazing. And did he uh, ever feel any kind of like uh, animosity or kind of like he missed out? Like, did he have oh, a no. saying that? He, he was delighted he was back. Let's go, let's go back a little bit. Where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? I grew up in Brooklyn, in New York. Um, I was going to be a, a costume designer. I, uh, my schooling was always in art. And um, a friend was going up for um, a job interview. She asked if I would go with her. And I said, sure, I'll go with you. Um, I had worked for Eve's Costume Company, and I had worked for Brooks Costume Company. And I was taking a little bit of a rest. I got tired of trying to make some of these actresses look like a woman. So, Why is that? Because did some of them not look like women? No, there a lot of them were very flat-chested. Flat-chested and maybe strong-faced. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I just, so I said, sure, I'll go up with you. And I was sitting in the um, outer room talking to the receptionist. And all of a sudden, this man came out and he said, uh, how would you like to go into real estate? I said, I'm not sure. Did he say it like this? Hey, how would you like to go into real yeah. estate? Huh? I said, I'm Isn't not that how everyone talked back then? In New York? Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, huh, yeah, real estate. Of. But anyway, I said, uh, maybe. And he said, well, we put up a big uh, building called Presidential Towers, and it was on West End Avenue in New York, which is quite a lovely area. And he said, we're looking for a young woman because it's going to be professional and personal uh, apartments. Uh, and I said, yeah, I'd be willing to do it. My friend didn't get offered the job. And she ceased being my friend. But uh, he said I'd have to go to the building. And the builder was there. And he wanted to interview me. And he was very nice. I parked my car. I went in. And as we're sitting there, I look outside the window. And there's a car slowly rolling down the street. And he said, uh, oh, the car's rolling down. I said, yes, my car. And he, oh, and no. he ran out. He was uh, relatively young. I mean, he just ran. And I figured, oh. I guess I got that job. And he came back and he said, you're hired. And I said, why? And he said, you sat there like you didn't have a care in the world. He said, I had the feeling you'd have no problems with the tenants because a lot of them were theatrical people. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you can, I think it's how you deal with chaos. Yeah. So there's nothing more chaotic than watching your car ro roll down the street. And you were just cool as a cucumber. Well, I was glad that it wasn't my father's car. My father had talked me into buying my first car was a Corvair, the worst car ever made. Hmm. He felt very, very guilty. What color? It was blue, light blue. It was the first Corvair Monster because they were looking for a young woman also that they could do some advertisements with. Horrible car. You had to drive with a load of fan belts in the car. So then my father felt so guilty that he let me use his Corvette. Ooh. So I had a candy red apple Corvette. What year? Uh, I think it was 59. Beautiful. It was. It was beautiful. Uh, and I really loved using it. But that day I used my Corvair and I was very glad because it had been my father's fiberglass. But the funny thing about that was... Uh, when I, my husband was back from Vietnam, he didn't have a car. So I kept putting him off. I didn't want to date him, but finally, cause I, I had, I was engaged. I had, I finally said, okay. So I picked him up with the Corvette and I gave him the key for it. And he said, where do you want to go? I said, well, you know, you're a Jersey boy. I've never been to Flemington. I'd like to see where the Lindbergh trial was. So we drove to Flemington. Uh, and then uh, we went through two tanks of gas in a Corvette. We spent 10 hours together. Uh, we In Flemington, there was a, a Stangle pottery, dishes, that sort of thing. We went in to, to look around, and we picked out the dishes we were going to get. So... That's how you know it's getting serious, was you'd go yeah. pick out dishes. Yeah. Here, nowadays, people do a TikTok dance together. <laughs> Or, you know, they like each other's posts on Instagram. Back then, let's go buy a set of dishes to have for a while. Well, the, but the, the funny part was um, I didn't have the time to tell him that the car wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. The day after we got married, my father came, took his Corvette, and gave me the keys for my Corvair. And my husband was always looking for a lawyer. <laughs> Because he wanted that Corvette. Did you get to drive the Corvette or did you? Uh, no, he loved driving it. Yeah. He really did. But, you know, once you have a, a baby, mm -hmm. 
You can't drive a Corvette. We spoke earlier about uh, you had you had some time in L.A. Can you tell me about your time in L.A. and some of the stories that yeah. you had out there? Um, Lee and I, well, Mitchell got offered our son got offered over five hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, scholarships. So we realized we would never have to pay for his schooling. So we were going to have this huge party. I had made maids and butlers life size to put. We had a Victorian house to put all over the house. I didn't realize that one of the people at the party, sister, was a newspaper reporter for the um, Newark uh, News. And she called and asked if she could come and photograph the staff on Mosswood Avenue. And I said, yes. And she took pictures. It wound up in their Sunday supplement. They got calls from all over the country where they could buy them. And my husband said, we're in business. So we manufactured life-size people. We did all the wholesale gift shows all over the country. We sold to Japan. We sold to Canada, England. We were invited to uh, go to uh, Kensington Palace in England. They wanted to see our maids. I, I learned something very interesting. They, I was hoping they would show me some of the clothes that the Victorian maids wore. They didn't have any. Uh, the upstairs maid would get the dress first, uh, and then another maid would get it, and then another, and then finally it wound up in the scullery. And when that was finished, they ripped it up, and that was their cleaning rags. Nothing goes to waste. Nothing. And no. what? So the, these maid. How did you make the first model of the maid? How did you make these statues? Um, it was a mixed media. My husband made the armature for me. It was something that I loved doing. Were they holding something like a plate they or could, what were the poses that they, they had? They could hold up to five pounds. They could, they also could talk. We, uh, the funniest story about that is. This is some magical stuff. Like yeah. they could talk. Did they have a soul as well? This is getting kind of sci-fi on me. Not quite. You would program <laughs> them. But the funniest one oh, wow. was Jean Roddenberry, whose wife was Majel Barrett. She played the uh, computer on uh, Star Wars, Star Trek. He, um, she came and saw us in LA. She ordered a whole bunch of talking ones. And uh, we, they all came with their own life story. And so my son insisted upon writing the life stories for them because he said that man wrote the stories that I enjoyed, now I'm gonna write his. That's great. Yeah, and what happened was she called us one day uh, they had a ballroom, a men's room on one side and a ladies' room on the other. They put the talking, we called her the slut, because she had been in Pellyboa magazine also. She had a very low-cut uh, maid's uniform. Yeah, and this is the statue, just so everyone knows. We're right, talking about a statue. Right. No, okay. it wasn't me. And Majel asked me to do in my voice to say, Hi there, big fella. Step aside so I can watch. And she put her next to a urinal. Oh, my God. Well, first person to go in there was Leonard Nimoy. She said he came out running and he hadn't even zipped. And every time uh, she had to change the bat the batteries had to be changed. Uh, her uh, man, as she called him, I guess the butler would call my husband and they would confer. It was just the easiest thing to to change, but she didn't trust anyone but my husband. And how long uh, were you in this business of making these statues and recording them and selling them all throughout the world? Um, was this a side business you did while you were doing no, other things? or I think it was in excess of 15 years. Uh, the other one that was uh, 
very funny was there was a group of groceries in Texas. I think the name was Rice or something. Uh, this is when for the first President Bush was going there. Uh, he They ordered one of our chefs who stood, no, I'm sorry, it was a butler, who stood at the entrance and said, good evening, President Bush. Uh, we wish you luck on your, you know, in your next election. And uh, you put the kibosh on that because he did well, not win re-election. No. What happened was, though, USA Today picked it up because he stood there talking to this dummy, <laughs> having a conversation. And the dummy just kept repeating the same thing because uh, as soon as somebody walked by, he started yeah. talking. So that we had a really good time. Uh, we sold. Um, we had an unusual request from O.J. Simpson. Oh, let's, and, uh, yeah, let's, I'm sure people would like to hear about O.J. Simpson. Yeah. What was his strange request? Was it maybe uh, something he to wanted, do with the Bronco? Uh, he wanted or? an African-American butler and uh, a blonde maid, and he wanted her hair a certain length. I always had the feeling if they had questioned these dummies, they would have found found out what really happened. Yeah, I feel like if you could have had a camera in their, in their eyes, we could have known what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So he wanted a blonde butler? No, maid. Blonde maid. So he had right. a black butler and a blonde maid. Right. I wonder if the blonde maid looked like Nicole. As much as we could do it. I realized later on that's what he wanted. We worked through his decorator. At that time, we sold them from $350 to $500, depending upon what you wanted. And the decorators then would double that. And how many uh, did you sell over the 5, course? 5000 5000 mm-hmm. over the course of 10 years? Yeah, we sold 5,000. The one that was in Playboy magazine, uh, they called, we had our New York showroom. We had showrooms all over the country. They called our New York showroom and they would ask questions like, what color underwear are you wearing? Or what is your underwear made out of? And our showroom uh, stopped answering the phone after a while. Yeah, which one, what was the one that was in Playboy magazine? We called her our slut. She um, had a very, very low neckline. We did also Victorian ladies. We did chauffeurs. We did uh, chefs. Our chefs were very popular. Uh, their hat said, screw home cooking or um, a menu, take it or leave it. Uh, we also had, uh, we did for Yamaha a piano player. We didn't realize we did it for the Marriott also. They wanted the piano players. They fired the real piano players and got disclaviers from Yamaha. And we felt very guilty about it. We didn't know they were preparing to do that. They worked a little bit too well. Have you seen any of your, uh, I guess I see a photo here. Are, are these some of the examples? Yeah. yeah I'll, uh, I'll include a picture for the podcast. Each one of see. those was different, but... They're beautiful. And did you, have you seen any of these out in the wild? The funny thing that happened, uh, we've been living in Savannah for close to 30 years. My husband always said we were born again Southerners. And uh, we passed an antique shop one day and they had one of our pieces. And this was like 20 years later. And we went in and we asked them uh, what they knew about it. And they said they were made by this little old lady in, uh, you're Alabama. not little. You're tall. No. Yes, I'm five seven. In Alabama, so 
It was really funny. And my husband said, you do know it can talk. And they said, no. So my husband showed them. He lifted the skirt. And he said, that's where the batteries go. And that also had the date on it if they had bothered to look. What an interesting story. And that's um. And can you tell me, you, you told me you've been in some films. What films have you been in? And can you tell me about that whole experience and what that was like? It was just a very humorous thing that started. I uh, had a, a studio uh, at City Market in Savannah. And I got a phone call one day telling me that these They'd like to come up and do a screen test of me because somebody said I looked like Georgia O'Keeffe. I didn't think I looked like Georgia O'Keeffe. I was sure I didn't. So these two men came up. I thought it was somebody that knew my husband and it was a gag. They came up and they did a, 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 an audition for me. And then that evening I got a call from DreamWorks asking me if I could spend six weeks on the road with them. And I did that movie, which was um, Forces of Nature. Forces of Nature, right. Uh, the one funny thing that happened there was Ben Affleck asked me what time it was. And I facetiously said, well, the big hand is here and the little <laughs> hand is there. And he kind of looked and the director, Bronwyn Hughes, said to me, oh, you're going to remember that look he's giving you. And I said, ah, compared to my husband, he's chopped liver. So for six weeks, he followed me saying, I'm chopped liver. And what? tell me about the scene in the movie. What Did you have any lines? Uh, I was a, su a sun seeker. I was on a bus. Uh, the bus was driven by uh, somebody who was not that big at that time. His name was Richard Schiff. And he went on to win Emmys with West, West Wing, I think it was. I, so I was on the bus. I was uh, in a dreadful amusement park somewhere. I'm trying to think in South Carolina. It's very well known. I can't think the name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, and then um, I was in a hospital scene. I was in a motel scene. On the bus, I'm the woman that's sitting on the bus and smiling. And then in the hospital scene, I'm the woman who puts her arm around Ben and pats him on the back. Uh, Sandra Bullock was the love interest. The yeah. unfortunate part of it was she's about 10 years older than he is. She's delightful. She's marvelous. She's wonderful. She was too good an actress for it. One day, I'm sitting, and I see there's somebody sitting next to the director. And I'm thinking, who is this little blonde? And then I remembered that her mother was in the film, Blythe Danner, and it was Gwyneth Paltrow. They were going together at the time. And she looked so insignificant that nobody else realized who it was. He... um. I think he's gone on to become a much better actor, to be honest with you. That movie wasn't great. Uh, after that, I did Undertow, which was called a Southern uh, Gothic. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was in it, and also uh, Jamie Bell. Jamie had just come, he was, he's from England. He had won the BAFTA, which is our, like our Academy Award, for Billy Elliot, which was a fantastic film. And uh, he was... I was the lady in the uh, general store who was shelling peanuts. I'd never, I'm a New York girl, I never shelled peanuts in my life. So they hired a woman to show me how to shell peanuts. And then they told me I had to throw the, uh, the shells on the floor. I've never thrown anything on the floor in my entire life. But I did it. And I saved the peanuts. So every time Jamie came by, I'd give him a handful of peanuts. 
and we were talking, and I said, you know, in my entire life, I've only cried at two movies. The first one was National Velvet when I was a child, and the second one was Billy Elliot. It was a beautiful film, and he started crying, and I didn't want him to cry. And I said, no, 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 you got to understand, I cry when I go into Harrods also. I did a film for uh, Jeff Foxworthy. I don't even know if it had a name. Because if anyone doesn't know, Jeff Foxworthy is a Southern comedian. Um, you might His whole shtick is, you might be a redneck if... Well, the, f- the funny part of that one was my husband had to teach them to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game because they needed, they needed a rendition of that. And the Southerners didn't know how to sing it. But the funny part was it was lunch one day, and after lunch... They asked us all to go form a circle and hold hands. And I thought, you know, what are they going to do? They asked us to pray for the success of the movie. What was the movie called? It didn't even have a name. It just it, it just disappeared. It was really bad. Maybe it didn't make it to the theaters or even DVD. That I don't know. I'm sorry, but if you have to ask someone to teach you how to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. <laughs> I know. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and tra- Cracker Jacks. Uh, And I I was the wrong person because when I was a child, our school took us to Ebbets Field. That was in Brooklyn at the time uh, to see Jackie Robinson. Really? You got to see Jackie Robinson? Well, I fell asleep when I got there and I woke up as we were leaving. But... uh, Wait, so you're telling me if you fell asleep in the bus... No, I fell asleep in in Ebbets Field. At the game. Uh, what a great story. But I did have a, a, another... <laughs> I was asleep the entire time. I did have, did meet a baseball legend, uh, Bobby Thompson. Mm. He came here. Um, at that time, my husband and I had retired, and we were uh, working at the Mighty 8th Air Force Museum. My husband was the head of the volunteers, and I was the head of membership. And we knew Bobby Thompson was going to come in. And I went over to him, and I said may I, I shake your hand? By this time, he was quite old, but very tall and stately. And I said, you know, because I'm a New York girl. And uh, he said, oh, I can do better than that. And he bent me all the way backwards and kissed me. So I can truly say I was kissed by Bobby oh, Thompson. However, his daughter asked if he were to come to the museum, he loved it, would somebody drive him? Because he had a tendency to drive and point out things and turn his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually here at the Social at Savannah, which um, this uh, senior living community used to be called the Savannah Commons. Thrive Senior Living uh, bought it out. Kind of, They did a lot of renovations uh, to the dining room. There's now mm-hmm. a bistro, um, an outside area. Um, and there's kind of three different parts. There's uh, independent living, where we're at now. There's the Springs, which is assisted living and memory care, which is called the Arbor. So at the Arbors, they have this really nice kind of inward courtyard, and they, uh, the SCAD kids, there's a mural, a mural there. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful. Have you seen it? No. I, a- I have not been in the memory care. I'm waiting until I really have to go. I call this God's waiting room. How long do you want to be in God's waiting room? My husband died two years ago. I'm ready to stay, <laughs> except the, uh, um, the cat doesn't want me to leave. What's the name of your cat? His name is Oscar. And what kind of cat is He's it? He's a Maine Coon. Beautiful cat. Weighs over 20 pounds and likes to check my breathing at night. How does he my, do that without opposable thumbs? Oh. And listens to my uh, nose. Really? And then I stop breathing with 20 pounds on my chest. 
Do you think that could be your husband just checking on you? No, but my son is convinced uh, the cat came to be mine uh, Father's Day. And my son is convinced that my husband sent him to me. That makes sense because the cat's checking on your well-being. Mm-hmm. That's really cute. And so what, what was it like? I mean, um, I, I've noticed I've only been in senior living for four or five months now. But I've noticed that um, women are, there's more women in senior living than men because women live to be, you know, just live longer. Do you know who the popular man is? That's the man who can hear and drive at night. <laughs> They're the ones that every woman goes after. I was very, very satisfied in my marriage. I'm not really looking for anyone. There was a, a doctor here who unfortunately has died who knew me 20 years ago. He remembered me. He didn't even know my name, but he remembered me from 20 years ago. Wow. And I didn't remember who he was. It was a little embarrassing. What is it like? Um, I mean, you just, you basically, you, you lose, you've been with someone with for 54 years. Uh, what's the grieving process like? Was, were you expecting it? And so what's that like? No, he was uh, sick for about a two-week period. Uh, I was very, very fortunate when... Lee had gotten colitis, and we couldn't travel to the showrooms or do that, uh, you know, anymore. My doctor asked me if I would work for her, my GP. And I said, well, what am I going to do for you? I don't have any medical training. And she said, you'll tell people to go pee in a cup. And I do that so well. That's probably what I do best. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very, very much. So when Lee died, I had all these doctors that I knew that surrounded me. They were fantastic. He, the last thing that he said was he grabbed my hand and he said, I love you. And I said, if you love me, you'll go. Because I couldn't stand seeing him in this pain. Mm. And um, the doctors were very pleased that I did that. Because so many times women start crying or men start crying. And you have to give people the chance to go if they're suffering. Wow. The only decision that was hard was my son uh, wanted me to move immediately because we had a house. And I said, no, I'm not going to move. I'm going to stay here. Uh, but we had stairs. And Mitchell, nobody trusted me on stairs. So Mitch and uh, my daughter-in-law said, you have to move. So I thought, ah, I'll put the house up for sale take a couple of years, you know, no problem. I put it for sale and I sold it the next day. There were th th what happened. See, there's a trick to selling a house. I hired this magnificent looking girl. She had a, a body like Jessica Rabbit. She had long blonde hair. Va, va, boom. Va, definitely. And her name was Quincy. And she said, if I am showing this house this weekend, you'll have offers. And I thought, oh, sure. I had three offers on the house. So I had to move. So what's your ex experience been like? It's been great. I have no complaints. I've made loads of friends. People are really interesting. I've done a lot of things. My, uh, the word that I'm fondest of is serendipity. I always love to turn that corner and see what's next. I do write on the computer daily. Uh, the, the cat has a lot of followers, and these are stories about Oscar and what he has done. Oscar loves women's bras. Who doesn't? 
I know. What cat doesn't love a good women's brassiere? That's why my son is sure that my husband sent him along because my husband was a chest man. So Oscar likes to put them on his head and put the straps under his chin. Just like your husband did. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess you could say that. And I'm holding this pillow, which looks like some kind of oddly shaped peanut. And it's a bearded man. Looks like a Middle Eastern man. No, it's a clown. Is this a clown? Yes. My husband. It's an odd pillow. In order to raise money for charities when we were in New Jersey, became a clown. He studied at uh, Mecca Magic. And What's Mecca Magic? It was it was the name of the largest uh, magic store in New Jersey costume store, mm-hmm. and so he would do clowning. Uh, he did a uh, in Montclair every year. He would uh, do a fundraiser, and every year the same woman would ask to be photographed with him, and her name was Carmen Berra. And because he never addressed her husband as Yogi. She was very fond of him. Oh, my goodness. And when he asked how the son was doing, she was delighted to tell him about the son. She had just had a grandson. And her brother-in-law told my husband that the picture they had taken of my husband hugging her and putting a red nose on her was over the mantle. And I can tell you one other story about Mecha Magic you probably won't believe, but it's true. They asked if my son could put their um, all of their products on a computer and he was about 17 at the time and we said sure you know, he he'd like to work this summer so but every time that somebody would come in to learn a trick they always called our son out because they thought he must be bored on the computer he was bored with the tricks not on the computer so one day they called him out and they were two very tall African-American gentleman standing there. The man they called the professor, he owned the store, and he had been a, a, a magician in Bordeville. Uh, he said to one of the men, show Mitch the trick that I taught you. So he did the trick, and he turned to my son, and he said, uh, how'd I do, Mitch? And my son said, keep your day job, and went to the back. Well, it took them 15 minutes to recover, and then they called us to tell us our son was the only one in the world who did not know Muhammad Ali. Really? Oh but it gets funnier. 12 years later, Mitchell is at Barrow's Neurological Hospital. That's when he uh, was in neurology. He's been in several other fields. He uh, was walking down the hall, as usual, with a book on his face as he was reading. And as this man passes, he socks Mitchell in the arm and said, I kept my job, Mitch. That's amazing. He remembered Mitchell because he was the only person in the world who didn't know who he was. That's such a great story. And tell me uh, a little bit about this year. I know it's been a tough year, 2020. Mm -hmm. What's it been like living in this community during the age of COVID? Well, we have to wear masks. At first, we were quarantined. We couldn't leave the building unless we had a doctor's appointment. And if you were just going for cleaning, teeth cleaning, you couldn't leave because that was not necessary. We had some stinky breath around here then, you know what I mean? And then it got a little eased. Now if we have to go, we can we can go somewhere. Uh, have to wear masks, and our temperature is taken daily. Yeah, for somebody my age, isn't it amazing? <laughs> 
I'm pretty good at guessing ages. Okay. However, I'd say once you get, you know, past, you know, 65, I, I'm not as good at guessing ages. No, I'm 83. Yeah, I was going to say not a day over uh, 79. So few, take that. A few days over. A lot of people are like, oh, uh, Biden is too old. I'm like, I hang out with 80-year-olds um, most of my life now, and you're they're getting along just fine. So... Do you think there's he's too old to be president, or if he, do you think his mind is slipping at all? No, definitely not, because he has a dog that he plays with. Right. Isn't it great so, to have a president with a dog again? Oh, that's thrilling. You have no idea. Unfortunately, as a New Yorker, I knew the Trump family only too well. Do you have any stories about that? Uh, when I was in real estate, you know, the apartment houses, uh, none of the men that were, were doing the construction— wanted to work for them. Why is that? Because they'd always find something wrong and they wouldn't pay them, which was very sad. Yeah, that's not a good reputation to have. Not, no, it's not. And let's end with this. I like to end with a saying. So maybe get a little closer to the mic and kind of tell me what's one of your favorite proverbs or sayings or... The last temptation is the greatest treason to do the right deed, but for the wrong reason. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Your Mother's Mother podcast, episode two, our second episode. You know what I want for Christmas? Other than world peace and a vaccine right in my face, I want you to go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Subscribe, leave us a review. It doesn't even have to be true. Just write some good keywords. Get us in the algorithm. Also, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Your Mother's Mother podcast. Find us on Facebook. There's not even a page here that yet, but I'm going to create one. And uh, give us a follow, share, like, subscribe. Love y'all. Till next time.